ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. First off, before we say anything else, apologies. Uh, I know we didn't record last week. We had a lot going on, just different stuff in our lives. But we did not forget you all. We did not forget the fact that the Champions League was on. We didn't forget a lot of things. So we're back. We're here. We're talking everything related to basically what we've seen over the last two weeks with a heavy, heavy emphasis on our now Champions League finalists. And I hope I'm not spoiling it for you at this point. Inter Milan and Manchester City. Rian, I, as you know, I'm going on a vacation soon. Um, you are also going on a vacation soon. Are you excited to not have to think about football for like at least a week? Or is there a little hole in your heart? <laughs> uh, honestly, I thought <clears throat> I like half of me thought you were going to say like are you excited to be like fully away from like the Sixers discourse <laughs> um, <laughs> oh which, let me like... let me be the first to say I didn't watch game 7 like I, I tweeted this out like I I specifically watched Barcelona yeah. win the league instead so Great. Uh, yeah that... game 7 not even a thing <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no yeah it was a good that was a good call honestly but um <laughs> Uh, am I going to miss it? I mean, I'm definitely still going to be following and watching as I'm on vacation as much as, as much as possible. Like, like for sure. Impossible is a much, much higher threshold when I'm on vacation. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, no. There's some interesting stuff going on even, even while gone. Cause like the, the Premier League season will end while we're, while I'm gone at least. And then trying to think of what else i mean i guess it'll be the fa cup and uh and of much less importance but but still somewhat interesting to me the u20 world cup will also be going on to, like i think starts next weekend um which uh like also some we had some great news this in this last couple of days here with <laughs> for the u.s national team with, with balgan switching allegiances to u.s Anyway, um, very, very excited about that. Very, very excited about that. But uh, yeah, no, I'm honestly just excited to go on vacation for a little while. Nice. Um, Love it. More than anything else. I'm sure I'll find the football. It'll be pretty easy. It's It's not going anywhere. Um, But honestly, like, I, I kind of feel like there isn't like much beyond next weekend, like between next weekend and like. I don't know when the FA Cup final is like, there isn't that much going on. Like most of what's done in Spain is done. Um, The only thing is relegation battle in England. Of course, city could win the league next weekend against Chelsea. So I guess that for you is weirdly relevant. Um, And then beyond that, like relegation, relegation as well. And yeah, top four is getting, we we, 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 will talk about it later, but top four is also getting uh, pretty interesting now. Harry, Harry. Yeah. Well, we're recording on a Wednesday night, so we don't know about the Europa League results of who's going to be in the Europa League final. Um, Roma one nil up against Leverkusen and Juventus and Sevilla tied. Um, so we'll we'll find out more who's going to be in the Europa League final. We know Rian, who's certainly going to be in the Champions League final, and we're going to start there. No Sixers talk, no Philly sports talk. I need a break until at earliest no, it, it, yeah it's not even just it's not it's it's just the sixers part of it yeah i'm 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 very i'm trying to take a break as much as i can it's well you won yeah. 
you won, right? Like either way, yeah. you were going to win. And yeah, that's I guess true. I owe you a congrats, Doc Rivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Bozo. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that's that's a silver lining. <laughs> there you go. Take your little wins. Um, uh, well, lie. I, I I won't lie, man. It broke me. I watched yeah. pretty much every second of almost every second of it. Probably not the last like thirty seconds, but like, yeah, <laughs> it, it broke me. Yeah, yeah. That that game seven was, uh, yeah. I think it was uh, all right. Uh, this is the last thing I'll say on the Sixers because I could go on for an hour. The end, basically, the second half of the fourth quarter of Game Six is when I knew they weren't going to win the series. Like I, I knew well before when they just gave up in that fourth quarter at home. I was like, all right, well. <laughs> I guess there's next year. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of one I knew to be honest. So. Oh my gosh, anyway. it's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally bringing trauma uh... for Rian. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk about the Champions League, Rian. Let's start with at least. I mean, we have to start with City Real Madrid, right? Like we have to. Like, I... and I'm not yeah. just talking about today's game, by the way. I'm just talking about in general this tie. <laughs> um, before you say anything else, as a reminder to those listening, this is what we kind of thought this this matchup was going to, or here's what we thought was going to happen in this matchup. Real was very much of the opinion that City were going to go through. I was very much of the opinion that Real Madrid were going to go through. Now, what I think I forgot, uh, and actually in some ways we were both weirdly right, but Rion was right for just understanding the complete dominance that city have become and the complete engine that some combination of Bernardo Silva, Gundogan, Kevin De Bruyne and Erling Holland have created as basically like the, the, the four to Michael Jordan's fit. Like, you know, what I, like I'm trying to make that analogy, but like, it feels that way. And I was somewhat correct in my prediction that Real Madrid were going to figure out a way to stop Erling Holland in some capacity which they kind of did. Um, but of course, that's like giving prime Clay Thompson the ball <laughs> to shoot a three instead of Steph. Like, it's kind of like, all right, sweet. You stopped one juggernaut. You still have two other heads. So, <sighs> of course, Real Madrid got knocked out 4-0 today. Absolutely just played, like the definition of played off the park. It was genuine dominance. Real Madrid, up until the 86th minute, only had one shot on target and as rian astutely pointed out to me via text while i was on the subway all of their um, shots have been what no not just one shot on target one shot period period oh i didn't know that oh yeah I, I don't text you about shots on target you know you know that <laughs> I, 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 I don't care whether the shot's on target or not that much <laughs> at least yeah. when i'm talking in that sense <laughs> but, yeah. but no it was it was one shot in in both first halves Sorry, go honestly, on. no, it, it's it's so funny because like we'll we'll start at the beginning of this time, but you could feel almost like the PTSD in the Etihad in the second leg, especially at the beginning, because they're like, doesn't matter if we're up one, doesn't even matter if we're up two. We have to literally kill them. <laughs> like in order for that for us to go through, we literally need to kill them. Um and City understood the assignment. So Rion, let's go back to the first leg. Let's talk about that in the Bernabeu. Energy in both stadiums and both legs was electric. It was amazing to watch. It's like truly what we want to see in European football. <sighs> Vinicius was, in my opinion, that first leg for Real Madrid, in especially that first half, probably one of his best ever performances at Real Madrid shirt. Like genuinely unplayable. 
And interestingly enough, I feel like we saw the complete opposite in this second leg, largely due to Kyle Walker. I wanted to get your thoughts on how you thought this first leg played out or the, the first leg played out because it felt like both goals kind of came against the run of play. But what was your take? Yeah, I I came around with the same thing where I came out of that game thinking uh, already having the feeling that Vinicius is the best winger in the world and just uh, yep, yep, just keeps this is kind of confirmation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he was amazing. It's it, talk I talked about it before, but it's it's amazing how decisive he's become and like and precise with his touches and okay, it's 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 so it's so great to watch. He's so good. Um, and, and and even there were a couple times in that game where Walker was able to like to uh, stop him a, a couple times from from dribbling past him, and then they had that really nice embrace after the game where they were both where they just hugged each other. Um, that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, overall, I know that yeah that game. You said it like the two goals. I mean, obviously Real Madrid was was against the run of play they, they had as, as i already said they only had one shot the entire first half like <laughs> and and it was a screamer from 25 yards out from Vinicius. <laughs> like i mean that was that was pretty much it and I, before you say anything else i said this in our group chat but like the sound that the ball made when it hit the back of the net is one of the most satisfying sounds that mm. you'll hear while playing football it is it was just Mwah, chef's kiss like the click yeah. was oh amazing yeah it was a great one my i not to get too off tangent but i have like my favorite my favorite goal and this is not not necessarily like, the best goal i've ever seen but my favorite goal um is actually holland's back when he was at dortmund against psg um that I think it was like the first like this was pre pan it was like right before the pandemic. This is this was uh I think they might have been I don't remember if they ended up playing the second leg in, in Paris or not. But anyway it's it's Holland's like it was kind of like his coming out moment. Whatever. The, he scores from like thirty yards out or twenty five oh, like twenty five, thirty yards out about. rocket and the sound that the ball makes the the clink almost that it made in uh in that in there in, uh, in Dortmund's goal and then the immediate like crowd because it was right in front of like their huge like I think the, the, like, the wall. southern wall though yeah the yellow wall um and then just the crowd after like a, like half a second after that it's it's my favorite goal like I'll, I'll like from time to time just like pull it up on YouTube to watch it it's it's <laughs> such a great goal um anyway so anyway. Uh yeah, the, the first the, the thoughts on the first leg overall very cagey and um honestly following the pattern of the first leg uh in the last two rounds for City the one against Leipzig first leg also was one one of like I remember watching that game at the time and being like somewhat worried about City because they had a lot of the ball but weren't necessarily like trying to push the uh push people forward and take a lot of risk with the ball uh and then they ended up smacking Leipzig in the second leg <laughs> similarly against well actually not similarly because the first leg against Bayern was at home um second leg they were they played more counter-attacking but the first leg of, of this one against Madrid was very similar to I thought I thought how the first leg against Leipzig went and it's 
And I think all three of the away legs in City's run so far, it's shown a really a bit of pragmatism from Guardiola, I think. Because the first 15 to 20 minutes of that first leg and the first 15 to 20 minutes of the second leg didn't feel all that dissimilar in terms of uh, City started with a lot of possession. They were camped in Madrid's attacking or defensive third. And Madrid was ha- like couldn't get out, and, and so his pressing, counter pressing was fantastic. Counter pressing was perfect in the second leg, um, but similar starts. City get the goal in this one, but also City were sent where had way maybe like two to, I want to say about two men more going into the box, making those runs into the box. Like Gundogan was getting into the box a lot more in the second leg in the first half than he was um, at the Bernabeu, and I think that that was. On purpose, I, I think that it's shown like some pragmatism that we've seen from Guardiola more um, in the Champions League this season with City compared to previous seasons, and uh, we've seen it in the lineups as well too. He's playing; he plays with like three, four center backs sometimes, and even though they're not necessarily playing center back, um, and I think that even Bernardo Silva said it in the last tie against I think against Bayern he one of the things they were I think it was CBS I was talking with them um he kind of noted that they this season and like he said like specifically like we've learned from our past uh seasons in the Champions League that we have to be like ready to defend we have to be ready to be like almost um he didn't say more conservative but but in a sense like being being more willing to defend and I think that in these first away legs and we and um from a city point of view like it's it's that kind of defending with the ball they did a lot more defending with the ball i felt like in those and um ultimately they made it a really very boring game at the burnabout <laughs> like uh, not not boring not i shouldn't say that it was really yeah, know, the technical the technical quality was was amazing but like they made it a very cagey game in terms of chances on either side and and ultimately, yeah. there's two screamers. And look, like, when you talk about it being very intentional, having a pragmatic approach, like, I like that you defined kind of what that was with man positioning on the field where they are in the final third versus, well, their own final third. I think that was very deliberate. And I think that was deliberate knowing where and who you were playing against. Because Real Madrid can hit in extra gear in any venue at any point. And I think it's fair to say that they're more likely to do that at the Bernabeu. Whereas I think at the Etihad and what we saw, I think from Guardiola today was again, like just like Pep is truly like a transformational manager. Um, What really interested me was not necessarily the runs that were made through midfield. I mean, that, in and of itself is impressive. It's the fact that Real Madrid didn't pick up on them. And we saw this in, I forget which Bernardo goal this was. I want to say this is his second. Um, I want to say the second City goal today. Luka Modric, even Kamavinga, all of them were losing their markers at like the worst possible moments. And you would have thought, like I would have expected them to truly pick up those players. It's one thing when Erling Holland towers over your, your center back to quite literally like force Courtois to make a world-class save. Like 
that that I can understand and say multiple like, multiple yeah. world class saves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like again, fair play. You can say like that. That's just pure strength and talent. But like some of the basics also fell through for for Real Madrid. And when you're playing this city side, you're just gonna suffer. And Carlo Ancelotti said that actually in his not his pregame conference, but kind of there's a clip of him in training uh, yesterday or maybe the day before with Madrid. He was like, we're going to suffer. And that's part of how we're going to get through. You did suffer, but you also didn't pick up on some of the subtle little things that had to be done in order to defend against City. Yeah, I mean... They're they're such a funny team, like not city, Real Madrid. Like, oh man, I um, you're right. Like they didn't, they really didn't track the runners, uh, at all in those first twenty minutes. I mean, for most of the game, really. But um, they they, I mean, they didn't even really stop Holland. It was it was Courtois that stopped him. Because <laughs> like, I mean, Holland ends up in that game with like three different chances inside the six yard box like that like they, that's not good defending I, i'm not giving that to the center backs i'll, I'll tell you that like um I, from from madrid as a whole though just trying to talk about them a bit more i mean they, they went with the same game plan in both games it's how they've played in the champions league for th- like three years running now at least um and i don't know part i Again, this is I, I know I am fully aware that I think this city side is is amazing, amazing team. Like I let me I'll throw it all out there. They are unbelievable. Like maybe they are the best side we've seen since Pep's twenty two thousand nine to two thousand eleven twelve Barcelona side. Like that let we there's a really good argument that this might be the best side since then. Um understand that. <laughs> totally understand it. And then there's another part of me that's like, there's another world where, where city just don't shit their pants for the last ten minutes last season in the second leg, <laughs> and like this is, and I come around, I come out of it with the same feeling like that, you know, the Madrid side is just not as good. Um, the difference this season is the what I texted you about earlier, like the quality in both boxes, um, their own defensive box and the attacking penalty box. Like again, mind you, their only goal they scored in this tie over two legs was a 25 yard screamer. And they never really got close to another goal while the scoreline wasn't, <laughs> while city weren't already up like three goals on aggregate. So no. <laughs> just like consider that. And, and, and it's, Again, I said this about like you know how, like people being surprised about Chelsea being terrible this season, <laughs> and I'm saying going to say the same thing about um, Madrid in this tie specifically. How much worse they've looked? It's only surprise if you're like not watching. It's yeah. you're only surprised at how Benzema played over these two legs if you have not watched him play. Like. <laughs> <laughs> In any yeah, of these, just, like, basically, like, basically like, the second half of the season. Yeah, and, and I and I know he did score. I don't know how many goals he scored against Chelsea in the last leg, and and I know that he, like whatever. But even from those two games, 
I came out of it with like that guy's not as good as he was last season, and and yeah. and, and it's and it's obvious with him. Um, Cruz and Modric, I don't know if they've, I I don't know if they necessarily gotten worse. I mean, I I still thought these issues were there last season in terms of like their ability to track anyone it's just it's just um it was never a strength to be fair yeah yeah like it, it's and and they had casemiro last season so maybe that's yeah we can uh, we can have a conversation if you want about the the midfield that's that you know and just couldn't help himself he had to go back to the well again <laughs> he, like he had to play those two guys again obviously we, we know he loves fede um and you know I, I love Fede too, but but he was pretty much non-existent in their build-up, so that like, like completely non-existent as like a, a decently big reason why they weren't able to get out. Because I, I saw something, some like pass map of them in the first fifteen minutes, and it's like almost a straight line on the left of them just trying to move the ball through Cruz and Madrid on the on the left yeah, side, yeah. like and trying to get it up to Vinicius and uh, Benzema. Um. But yeah, again, I, I don't know. I I <laughs> I will forever be marveled by that that Champions League win last season. I, I'll just keep saying it. It'll, it still surprises. It still makes very little sense to me. Because um, I, other than Benzema being really the only guy that's fallen off, like if like being real from last season, he's the only guy that's gotten significantly worse. And granted, he's still amazing, but like significantly worse from last from from the team that was last season. Like Vinicius gotten better, and I don't know. Like I, I anyway, I could get, ramble on about this Madrid side, but <laughs> ultimately, um, like I said, the, the quality in the final third wasn't there. wasn't wasn't perfect as it was in their run last season, and it really didn't have to be perfect in their last like playing against Chelsea or Liverpool in the last two rounds. So, yeah. And then look, just about anyone's going to need to be perfect to beat the city side. So again, offering my sympathies in that, in that sense towards Madrid. Yeah. Well, here's the thing too, right? Like we talk about how city were likely at some point to slip up across the way in their league campaign against Arsenal or slip up maybe in the champions league or in the FA cup. Like, we always talked about and predicted that it was likely that something like that happens. Manchester City haven't lost a game since those charges were brought to them in February by, I believe it was the UK government, but correct me if I'm wrong. If it was the, the, FA, the FA, the FA, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. There is something to be yeah, said. Yeah, the Tories came after City. They were really, <laughs> they were like, all right, that's enough. That's enough money from your country coming into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want you here. Yeah, just a different kind. <laughs> uh, yeah, playful racism. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just to me, the fact that they have not lost since February is a marker of a team that does potentially rival like Pep's other ultimate team um, with the exception that maybe like the individual talent was slightly better, you know, yeah, I mean, but here's my thing, right? Like we're talking about this team as if they've also kind of already won the treble and they haven't. And I think it would be really, really, 
really sad if City were to go on and not win the treble now. But the hard part is now just finishing the job because Jamie Carragher today said, what, 90% chance that he thinks that City win the treble? Sure. Okay, you still have to win the fucking treble. Like, you still have to actually win three games. He's he's guarding. He's guarding. It's co- he's he's it's it's like a it's an early cope, almost reverse jinx type thing. Like, it, <laughs> you can understand it. Um, uh, that's hilarious that you said it will be sad if they don't win the trouble. I don't think that most people <laughs> share you. From, from, a, but, from uh, a city perspective, it would be sad. Of course, of course. There are certain people. Yes, my my dad would be sad. You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just I don't know if I would necessarily else. be, but um, <laughs> but and as the season comes to a close, a sly smirk comes across Rion's face, and curtains <laughs> just close on the season. <laughs> no, no. City, city total number of trophies this season zero. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, no. I uh, well, no. They're they're obviously they're going to win the, the Premier League, of course. But um, and and look good. There's, there's, uh, I mean, one team that has a very high vested interest in stopping this <laughs> trouble that that will have a chance to stop it themselves in Manchester United. So, yep. Um, yep. and then, uh, you're not getting, you're not getting me to. I'm not talking myself into inter, inter winning it. <laughs> I'm, you're, you're not getting me to talk myself into that. Um, well, that's that's going to be a good segue because we should certainly talk about how Inter fumbled their way to the final uh, of this tournament. And this, and this to me was an honest reminder of how not every path to a final in a knockout tournament is equal. And in fact, it's extremely unequal in a lot of cases. I mean, to get to this point, let's, let's think about what, like, or which teams had to play whom to, to get to this point. Real Madrid had to beat a broken Liverpool and a broken Chelsea team. Valid. Putting it nicely. Putting it nicely on that Chelsea broken for Chelsea side. That's very nice. I'm trying to give you some credit here. Like let let me help me help you, you know? Um to also get to this point, City had to beat Bayern in the round before. I forget who they played the round before that. I believe it was Leipzig. 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 Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Oh, yes, they demolished Leipzig at home. Um, Inter had to play not just counting out the group stages, which were difficult. They had to play, I believe, Benfica and who else before them? Porto. Porto. Thank you. And then Milan. And, out, and we're and we're outplayed by Benfica, and especially in the and leg. we're outplayed by Porto as well in the second leg for sure. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to yep. give some more context. And Milan had to play Napoli, which is probably extremely difficult. So again, looking at these three teams, or three other teams, Inter clearly had the easiest path to the final. Now, it's not to take away the fact that they actually made it to a final, because that in and of itself is very difficult. But the caliber of opponent you play absolutely matters in these knockout tournaments. So a lot of people are not giving Inter a chance against City in the Champions League final, which, to be honest, not many teams would ha- like have a realistic chance against City. Mm. I, before we even... Maybe I get ahead, I've got ahead of myself. Like Before we even get to the, the Champions League final, like, are you surprised that Inter beat Milan to make it to the final? 
were you surprised by the performance mm. of Inter's midfield in that first leg against Milan? Because that was certainly like the standout performance would seem to solidify exactly how Inter even made it. No, I'm not so surprised that that they were that they got past Milan. Like it's, they've had a really tough season, Milan themselves. Like and and again, this isn't. This is just just using Chelsea's a benchmark here. It's not. This is not like to to. I'm not trying to bring it back in, but like I watched Chelsea put five goals on this team in two in two games in the Champions True. League. Like I I I guess it again. It's what uh, kills me. Really kills me about Milan making it past Napoli. Like that was shocking. That was shocking to me. Um, but then making it past Milan, uh, Inter making it past Milan, not shocking. No, I, and and they've beaten Milan, I think, uh, three other times this season before that. So, not surprising that they got past Milan. And this Milan side is, they're again, they're going through a lot of troubles themselves. They're they're in fifth. They're in danger of not making it back into the Champions League. There's a pretty good, a decent chance that their coach who won them the league gets fired after this season they've been really poor and um and they're 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 a good side they're not uh they're not a great side there's not a great side you know like they they were bringing on divak origi to, to help them, like get some I, goals I did, last night. like come on i did in fact see your tweet about that um which was quite frankly disrespectful to divak origi um but that's for another day. I'm not willing to die on that hill right now. Right. Liverpool fans, you guys, you guys can come at me if you want. Like, <laughs> like I, I will not be responding if anyone tries to, to, <laughs> to defend Bakarigi to me. He said my DMs are closed. Oh God. Um, yeah. Well, look. If it wasn't surprising to you that Inter made a pass Milan, and Edin Dzeko became Sergio Aguero ten years ago reincarnated. <laughs> do you give Inter a shot in the Champions League final against City as as things stand right now? Uh, look, I, I think they'll probably defend better than Real Madrid did over these two legs. Um, I mean, obviously, because they'll be more focused on defending because they're going to do at least as much of it as Madrid did. Um, and I think... I think that on paper, if you were to construct like the type of style of play that could cause City trouble, um, it would probably be a team that plays with two wing with wing backs. It would probably be a team that has good chemistry from like their front men, um, whether it's Jeko and Lautaro or whether it's uh, Lukaku and and Lautaro, and then. They've got energy in in the midfield and and, and quality. Like Barella was fantastic. Barella's a fantastic player. Like like he's he's a fan- he he like could play in this city side like genuinely. Um, and outside of that, like they've got center backs who are very who are very good in their own box. So that's going to be really helpful. Um, so on paper, this this type the style of play. How they play, especially they've played on the counter a lot in this in this um, tournament, and and are dangerous on the counter, and could exploit the spaces for City on the um, 
out wide. Yeah, on paper, on paper, that is like that style of play could could have some find some success, but um, I I just don't see the quality enough quality there for them to like I, like really just thinking about the wing back. The wing backs are gonna have to be so good on that day, like like really good. <laughs> like Dumfries is a, is a nice player, <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, yeah, their wingbacks are going to have to be like world class on the day. Yeah, and and here's the thing you you mentioned something interesting. Um, the fact that wingbacks are like a, a wingback wing back type system, right? Kind of a three five two, if you want to call it that. That interplay. I think it's really interesting the way that they would overload the wide areas because City's strength in the wide areas is speed and defense, right? They're, they're, they have a pretty good transition defense and some combination of Kyle Walker, Akanji, right? And if he's healthy, Nathan Ake can do a pretty good job of tracking back in time. Inter are probably the one potential team in this tournament like that were in the final four that really could have and can give City a bit of trouble with that and really test like how far that could go. That isn't to say that like, Inter are going to do a phenomenal job with exposing space behind Manchester City because there's a balance here. And that balance is how much do we actually commit bodies forward in potentially leaving the ISO game of Erling Haaland, Kevin De Bruyne, like basically open and just basically leave a path for the basket. I'm using too many basketball analogies today, but like you get what I'm saying, right? Like there's going to be a really, really fine balance. And I think that's what Inter are going to struggle with. Look, do we all expect City to win the Champions League? Yes. But if there's one thing to look for in this final, look at the wide wide areas and wide spaces in this game and look at who has the ball where. The, the more that Inter have the ball in Manchester City's half in those wide areas is not necessarily a good thing. And I just want to make that really clear. Um I think that battle is going to have to be won in City's final third through the middle. And I hate to break it to you, Lukaku. God bless. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, 100%. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, Lukaku's going to actually have to run. I I don't know how else to phrase this. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my thoughts. You said said they're going to have to win it in the midfield, the middle of the park against City in in City's third. Like, God bless. God bless you. I know. I I, know. It's like, it's like an impossible task, right? Like if you, if you think about it, like if you commit your wingbacks entirely to literally finding, trying to find space in like the final third of of city, like in transition, when you get the ball back, hopefully (laughs) inshallah, as they say, (laughs) like (laughs) if you do get that, like you're leaving so much space. You are. You, they're, they're, it, yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. So yeah, you can't um, even. the 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 thing is, and and what makes the city side, why I'm saying like it's it's the best side he's had under, um, since he's been at City. Um, I'd really have to take a look at those Bayern, like really look back on those Bayern teams. But again, my inclination is that this is better. <laughs> like yeah. like my inclination is that this is better. Um. The crazy thing about this is that, like, they can play at two, spe- like, multiple speeds now. Like, it's, it, it really, you can't even really say, you can't even say making it, like, a high, like, transitional game against them is, like, 
is is a way to is a way to make them uncomfortable it's it's not a, it's not a way to make them comfortable anymore um and, and you know who helped with that today jack Grealish. yeah look when you have Grealish and like there's a reason it's 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 really easy why like Grealish and Silva are the starting wingers and it's not Foden and Ma- and Mares and those guys are not starting these games i mean Pep was scared to shit of of Vinicius as anyone should be like, and that's why Bernardo Silva started at, at that right wing position because that guy will run forever. And and Jack Grealish, <laughs> Jack Grealish having having been in relegation battles, like that guy is, is very okay with coming back and helping to defend to help the team win. He's he's it's not it's not anything he looks down on. So it's. It's it's the other like secret. It's a secret sauce. Like that, there's they're all so willing to come back and defend, and then on top yeah. of that, they're almost perfect technical players. Yeah. Like, what do you do with that? <laughs> I don't know, man. We've spent majority of the pod just talking about how absurd City are, and and of course we talk a little bit about Inter and, and Milan. Um, I want to make sure that we shift focus and at least give some. Credit where yeah, credit is due. Yeah, for, for, this is this is your time, buddy. <laughs> this, this is your time. This is, it, our, get, this is get, our time. You get to <laughs> congratulations. You get you. Oh, you get to you. That you thought that's where I was going. That's adorable. Oh, oh, oh I no, no, no. Gonna, oh yeah, Barcelona won the league uh, for the first time. Yeah, I thought that, I thought that's where we were uh, transitioning. <laughs> no, I I actually just on the city kind of realm of things. Ah, I just wanted yes, to touch on the fact yes. that um we should probably give some flowers to Brighton. Um, who, fun fact, yeah. Rian and I will both get a chance to watch probably pulverize the living hell out of Chelsea over the summer. Um, mm, well, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't agree to that part, but yeah. I, I know you did. I'm just, <laughs> just just stating a subjective uh, opinion here. But, uh, like, title race is almost wrapped up. Uh, it'll be hilarious to see City score at least, like, four goals against the Chelsea side. Um that reminds me to pull any Chelsea defenders from Fantasy Premier League. Actually, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> I just I just wanted to give flowers to Brighton. That's all. Um, I thought they were phenomenal at the Emirates. I thought they... I don't know if you'll like this phrase, but I'm going to use it. Mm. I thought they were city light on the day. And what I mean by that is the way that they won this game was by, quite frankly, just out playing through the midfield. Like, I didn't expect Odegaard, Partey, even Jorginho, like, to kind of look, like, a little clueless at times. Like, it really did feel like they were being played off of their own pitch. And that's just massive, massive credit to the entirety of Brighton's midfield. Um, Their build-up play, look, we could do a podcast on how Brighton built up and how Deserbia set up this team. But the way that they did at the Emirates is truly nothing short of really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was an awesome. That was a really great game, like, overall. Um, both sides were pressing the hell out of each other and, and forcing each, both sides and both forcing each other to go long. Um, you know, like, again, we've chronicled the problems that Arsenal have had with, with the teams playing long against them. Um, the difference kind of ultimately at least to get the first goal um was that when Brighton played it long they had their 
their passes were more accurate one but also always had a one-on-one like it was it was played to their wingers and like specifically matoma um who was fantastic against ben white and i mean huge credit to their to the brighton goalkeeper uh matt Steele, i believe his name is his passing and distribution was fantastic <laughs> and he played a couple of those amazing passes like to break i mean play over arsenal's press um and and I thought their center backs were great as well with it. Um, Colwell, who's actually uh, on loan from Chelsea, like played a, a fantastic pass to to Matoma um, that I think led to the second goal. But yeah, you get uh, like I, there's, there's not I, I can't talk enough about Brighton side. Uh, I thought they were awesome, and I just it's it's really annoying that Arsenal like drew in the games before because. There could have been a real opportunity here for Brighton to help. Like Brighton could easily could beat. I mean, not easily, but easily could take a point off City or two points off City, and and like no one would be surprised if Brighton were somehow able to to uh, get points against City. And so it's disappointing that Arsenal didn't even give themselves the chance to like let Brighton be a spoiler or even. Even like I don't even know like like they just didn't. It's 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 very disappointing that uh they kind of more like crumbled a bit in that game, especially the, the second and third goals. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have time to eulogize then this Arsenal season. Um, so I don't want to do that now. But this has still been a great season for them. But the, um, it it is just disappointing that they drop points in other games where they definitely shouldn't have um losing to brian is literally no one would have faulted that happening (laughs) yeah yeah no you're spot on um it does however make the top four race very interesting um not necessarily for brighton but for kind of basically the teams around them just how did liverpool get back into this conversation like, I know that they're on a streak of their last, what, six, one in the Premier League? Yeah. But, like, how did – what? <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. Even though I, uh... I think – I did say to you at some point, I was like, don't necessarily count them out. They were only in seventh. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You did. Um, how, do they, how do they do it? I mean, they – importantly, I think – they got Luis Diaz back. I thought I think that was mm-hmm. really, really important for them. Um, the switch with putting Trent, you know, a bit more, putting him out of a uh, possibility to get skinned on the like one on one has helped a lot. Um, and I don't know. I, I think I think I think like schedules also helped. Like you look at some of the sides they've played recently. Like they're winning games that um you would expect them to win if they if like when they're playing well right um and yeah they had what lester leeds west ham yeah it's yeah like i think forest was one of those games like it's it's that has helped for sure um while while at the same time um newcastle have drawn a couple games that i mean newcastle lost to arsenal and they drew against leeds this past weekend so like those um, but none of those games necessarily like easy games that you would ex- that you would ex- necessarily expect Newcastle to come out with six points from, right? It's like so, yeah. 
that's happened. And then, um, and United have been dropping points too, as well as as they're kind of like limping to the finish line here. They got they got that win against Wolves was pretty was very big, obviously, and uh, great goal by by uh, Garnacho in that one. But yeah, they're they're making it very very interesting, and and we might go to the last day, and and fourth place is not uh totally sewn up and honestly potentially even third place you know that uh, neither united or newcastle have like very easy games to end the season um so i think it could still be up in the air on the, on the last day for for fourth or third place yeah i kind of agree with you i mean newcastle united and liverpool uh united and newcastle tied on 66 points with 35 games played Liverpool 65 points with 36 games played. It's going to come down to the wire. I mean, it really is. Um, I, I don't necessarily know who has the easier schedule. I would say they all have relatively semi difficult last two, three games, but I think we've been saying this for about two months around, but the relegation battle and the final top four battle is going to come down to the last day. Yeah, some someone's gonna be really happy and really disappointed. So, uh, there's gonna be a massive team going down. <laughs> That's that is, like, and their name is Everton. <laughs> I told I've said this for the last month. All right, all right, uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> you 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 have a lot of trust in this lead side, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't actually. I I don't like that you phrase it that way because the flip side of that is mistrust in Everton. Uh, I prefer that versus trust in Leeds. So, all right. <laughs> anyway, we did not necessarily talk much about uh, Barcelona winning La-, La Liga. There's a lot to to cover there, but with the upcoming Premier League finale, the FA Cup final, and eventually the Europa and Champions League finals, we will be back soon talking all of this uh, when you know some of these games wrap up and we're kind of wait, 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 what? Wait, what? I was, I, I know, I know, I got to get out of here very soon, but. I'm, Give you your two minutes. I'll give you two minutes. Oh, <laughs> to, to, to talk like look, Barcelona won the won the title, won La Liga. Uh, you, not two minutes to talk about the game, but sure. two minutes to talk about the the, the Barcelona winning the title. Uh, this is the moment I've been waiting for. Um, this is probably one of the most significant title wins since I've been a Barcelona fan, and. I say that because you think about where this team was two, three years ago. Xavi picked up this team last fall, not fall 2022, but fall 2021. And they were in ninth place, having won, I believe, only four out of their first 11 games under Ronald Koeman. And it was not looking very bright. Xavi came in. It obviously took him time to readjust some rules, readjust some basics, and truly implement his ideas on the team. You're now seeing a team that, while I don't believe can fully compete in Europe yet for the Champions League, is slowly but surely showing signs that they can work cohesively as a team to win titles. And that's important. That's really important. Not just sporting-wise, but also economically. (laughs) The club depends on winning titles. What I'm really interested in is certainly how the summer goes. It, by the way, looks like Matteo Alemani who was supposed to go to Villa as a sporting director will be staying with the club only one day after parade celebrations. I wonder what changed that concept, but in reality, 
This is an incredibly, incredibly important trophy. Their first La Liga title in four years. It kind of feels a little overshadowed by the fact that they got out, knocked out of the Champions League and the Europa League all in one season. But nonetheless, it's a trophy that everyone in Barcelona has wanted back for years. So I'm thrilled. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you too. And, and Thanks, interested dude. to see... Very interested to see uh, which levers get pulled this summer. So, Oh, my God. Well, there will have to be player sales. I can tell you that. So if Newcastle have an offer for Rafinha, as has been reported, let's chat. Come to my office. <laughs> Send me a DM. I'll connect you with the right people. But anyway. All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back soon after our vacation talking a lot more footy and analyzing what's already happened and certainly looking towards the future for some of these clubs, both the ones staying up and the ones going down. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks guys.